A new podcast is coming soon featuring the leading email marketing and deliverability experts. And I'm going to be your host. My name is Sela Yofe. I'm an email deliverability consultant from Israel. I work with global email senders, startups, and email service providers to improve their email deliverability and strategy. Join us in this podcast where top professionals in email marketing and deliverability share their tips and advice. Here is a snippet. Chad S. White, Head of Research at Oracle Marketing Consulting and the author of the fourth edition of the book, Email Marketing Rules. The fifth age, which is what we're in now, is that folks, primarily Apple, but not entirely just Apple, is making it harder for senders to see engagement. So it makes it a lot harder for senders to comply with the existing rules, which... as near as I can tell, have not changed at all because of Apple. Gmail has not changed their spam filtering algorithms. They have not stepped away from using engagement. It's my understanding that even Apple, which uses engagement-based filtering, has not changed its position. Engagement is still really critical to getting inbox placement at Apple. So the only thing that's changed is that it's way harder for senders To understand the engagement of their subscribers and do the right thing. And that has precipitated a lot of complexity, uh, frankly, on the individual sender level where they have to figure out this sort of new alchemy of understanding, you know, really kind of the percentages, the likelihood that this particular subscriber is engaged with my emails based on, you know, what I can see. From inboxes but also a lots of other behavior where they're kind of guesstimating you know engagement based on how engaged they are with the brand through other channels and how much they're purchasing or how often they're you know visiting uh, their website or engaged with their app so a lot of like you know fuzzy lines that are being connected um, which again you really complicated, really complicated uh, to work out. So that's the fifth age. That's where we're at right now. Gene Jennings, the CEO of Only Influencers and the founder and chief strategist for Email Optimization Shop. If you're doing a, a multi-effort series, that's really what you want because in the multi-effort series, you want to see the number of unique clickers grow with each email. That also gives you a good idea if you still, let's say you're doing a three-effort series, and let's say you still see significant growth in new clickers on that last email, that suggests you should be doing another effort because there's the potential for even more. So that's, that's why click reach is really important. And I think it's a shame not many ESPs will give you that right out of the, the box. And in fact, it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit daunting to try to calculate if you're working with really big lists, which a lot of my clients are. You need to get a data analytics person involved because you've got to de-dupe the, the, the unique clickers for each one. But it can be really useful to see what's going on. The other thing we find is sometimes there's an effort in the middle where we really don't get any new clickers at all. So for that one, you'd look at that and go, wow, so maybe we should move it. Maybe we should get rid of it. Maybe we should change it. So it gives you a lot more insight into what's happening with that series. And it gives you a lot more avenues to consider for hypotheses to do A-B split testing to boost performance. 
דלה קוויסט, the co-founder and advisor of Alchemy Works, the largest email marketing agency. When an email arrives in the inbox, in order of preference, the from address is the number one. Okay? With or without brand in the subject line or whatever it is, just knowing who it's from is a brand impression. So if it's from, uh, if it's from Dell, for example, Dell computers, you'll see it's Dell on there, okay? And if it's from Gap or Whole Foods, you'll see it there. If it's from Seller, I will see your name in there all the time, and it'll be there all the time. And what I used to do was show people, and I'd just sort my inbox by who from, And then I'll show them someone who's sending weekly or daily. And I go, impression, 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 impression. Dell, 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 Dell. Seller, 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 seller. And then I say, hey, do you know any email marketing consultants who know about deliverability? I'll say, oh, yeah, there's a guy called Seller. And I won't even know. That's how billboards work, right? That's how TV commercials work. They're so clever. Everyone knows this. So that even the, the sound, the music from a commercial will trigger you. And you don't have to be in the room to know it's this bank or that insurance company or something else. That's how powerful an impression is. Now add to it the fact that I subscribe to you because I don't work with people who just randomly email people. So one, I've subscribed. I'm, I'm on your list. Okay. And two, you're just reminding me you're alive. Okay. And, and repetition. It's so powerful. And that's why, you know, they have billboards. That's why, and you can make them funnier or not so funny or whatever it is. And you can have a call to action or not have a call to action. But the point is just that little thing tells you Dell or Gap or something else. Now let's add the subject line, the actual content of the subject line. I'm not even going to talk about pre-header or anything like that. That's an, people who talk about pre-headers just want to complicate something simple, and I don't mean that badly. You have to be really good at the first before you get to the second. It's the same when I said about design. You need to fix your, the top of the funnel before you get to the bottom of the funnel. So that, that's kind of what it is. Al Iverson, email deliverability expert and blogger at spamresource.com. Yeah, it, 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 there has been a, um, a, a very complex evolution of spam filters going back that whole almost 25 years where people were just trying to individually block uh, senders and their server IP addresses and individual words and, and phrases. Uh, now you go through the, you know, the evolution of coordinated shared spam filters like Spam House and the maps that mail abuse prevention system being one of the first ones. Uh, and it sort of evolved into... ISPs, the mailbox providers and internet service providers becoming the gatekeepers to decide what mail is allowed to go through. There's still some public coordinated efforts. You see third parties like Proofpoint and others who help with that. But now it's really you have your Gmail, you have your Microsoft, you have your Yahoo. Uh, in the U.S. anyway, those are the top three. And those are really the ones that govern You know each of them has their own type of filtering but if there's any you know any sort of standardization today it might be that engagement filtering like you touched on is sort of the the best practice of where we're at today like spam filters if you were if you had to distill it down to say what is the one thing that spam filters are most based on today it is probably accurate to say 
engagement. So higher engagement mail, mail that people interact with more often is more likely to go to the inbox than the spam. Jay Schwedelson, the founder of SubjectLine.com, the leading free subject line rating tools, ranked in the top 1% of all websites worldwide. I'll get super granular in some weird places. I'll give you an example of, of like how little you have to think us, how minute you can get to have an impact. If you start your subject line with the word exclusive, okay, instantly you will get a lift of about 15%. Exclusive, colon, whatever. Invitation. Invitation is one of the secret sauce words of email marketing. And marketers get confused. They think in order to invite somebody to something, you need to be having an event. So you can invite anybody to anything. I'm inviting you to this sale. Okay? I'm inviting you to see our latest fashions. I'm inviting you to check out our most recent content. When you see the word invitation or invited to start the subject line, invited, colon, whatever, your invitation, colon, whatever, again, it's all in the subconscious. It's, no, it's not like anybody's going to get that email, see that subject line, like, oh, this is all great. I'm invited to open up the email. Nobody does that. But we see it. We don't know why we care, but we feel better about it that we're invited to something and we read the rest. And that is the game. And it is a game. It is a game. How am I getting my email open? And then once you get your email open, there's 75 other things to consider. Jacob Oleksa, the founder and CEO of MailKit and Omnivery. Deliverability is all about reputation. And it's not only about the brand reputation, the, the sender's reputation and the content, but it's also very much about the reputation of the IP space, the reputation of, of the ESP, and that reputation of, of, of the ESP translates into how can uh, the ESP help the customer when they, when they have issues, right? So if you're, if you're on, a, on a less reputable space, let's say Amazon, where anyone can go set up their, their account and start sending, obviously, your deliverability will be impacted by others on that network. And your path to resolve those deliverability issues will be complicated by the fact that you're within a certain IP space and certain network with a certain reputation. And our customers don't have to deal with that because they know that we vet every customer, that we do check the content of the campaigns they're about to send, that we keep a very, very short leash uh, on them in, in terms of the content. And that we have our own IP space, that we have our own autonomous system so our network is our network it's not part of someone else's network Chris Marriott president and founder of email connect yeah this is one of those arcane debates that we like to have in the email marketing industry as you know um, what we're talking about here is is MTAs uh, which stands for mail transfer agent. And as you said, those are the things that literally deploy the email. The historic model of an ESP has been that they bought MTAs from 
So SparkPost was was owned by Message Systems, and Message Systems was a company that sold ESPs, the the hardware, the MTAs, so that they could attach it to their platforms and send mails. So all of the for years that was the model, and then and then SendGrid and and SparkPost came out uh, as as distinct offerings. And IT guys loved them because they were very simple uh, to set up, uh, you know, transactional emails, uh, triggered emails uh, off of off of platforms and infrastructure. So IT guys loved them. Marketing people hated them because they were they were they did they were not designed uh, to ha- do promotional campaigns. They were they were not designed to set them up. So what happened was suddenly all the what I call a class of next gen. ESPs, to your point, all started using, instead of buying their own MTAs, started using, and David Daniels, I was the first one, he was the first one I heard use this phrase, MTA in the cloud. And he referred to all of these as MTAs in the cloud, which is what they are. And all so all of the next-gen platforms that have emerged in the last five years deploy, all of them deploy through SendGrid or SparkPost or, as you said, Mailgun. And even the deployment CDPs we were just talking about, they go through these MTAs in the cloud. And again, which it just is one more reason why, you know, how they just look just like the next-gen platforms. I mean, the next-gen platforms and the CDPs are what are going to merge. Ryan Failing, Managing Partner at RP Origin. A little thing I came up with a long time ago. So... Um, Here's the theory. Here's the fact, really. Earlier, I talked about email marketers are doing all this stuff and no time to do it. It is a methodology or, or an approach to innovation that says, don't build the whole program out and then launch it. Build one thing out and then launch it. I was talking about Agile before it was Agile, right? Which was take an Agile approach to your program development and incrementally make changes so that over time you have success instead of doing it all at once, right? Which is a huge time suck. So if you're a small program, two or three people, and you want to develop a trigger program that's three emails long, great. Develop the first one, launch the darn thing. And then when you have time, launch the second one. And then when you are got time, launch the third one. And... Nobody, you know, people think that when you launch a new program, you have to do it all at once. There's this pressure to get it all done at once. And my my position on it was nobody has said that. Uh, they've just told you that they did it. But what's wrong with just incrementally innovating your program? I think marketers get paralyzed to say, I don't have the time to do the whole thing, so I'm not going to do the thing at all. And so incremental innovation says, do the one thing, then do the second thing, then do the third thing. And by the end of the third thing, you got the thing that you didn't have time for. Adrian Williams, email deliverability expert, founder and CEO of Email Angels. 
you need to spend more money now on email to inbox than you ever had to do before just because you need to invest in liberability consulting you need to have things right you need to talk to someone who knows what they're doing um, and you need to also invest in your email program in such a way that it actually inboxes depending on your business model and where you're at if you're running an email program you need to have a liberability consulting on your side it's just that it's going to get very 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 hard to inbox the reason is is because the amount of emails is exploding and the the battle for the inbox is exploding uh and you need smart guys in order to uh and and, and right now it's just not about you used to be back in the days where you can send billions of emails for free and just whatever inbox inbox i mean those days are gone they are gone it's 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 very sophisticated now and you have to calculate for your business, a lot more investment in deliverability for email program. Not talking about creating the content and all the other stuff you need to do. Do you actually need to allocate a budget to deliverability? For sure. I mean, there's no way around it. Because what's going to happen is that you're going to waste time uh, setting things up right from the beginning. And then you're going you're gonna to frustrate yourself about your email marketing manager. You're going to frustrate yourself. He's not doing things right. They're going to blame this. They're going to blame that. And then you're going to spam, blah, blah, blah. And then they're going to contact deliverability consulting, right? And then the deliverability consulting goes in. This is like, wow, you could have saved eight months if you contacted me before, you know? Uh, and you spent all this money paying employees and not getting any proper sales. Do it right from the beginning. Yeah. Dr. Matthew Dan founder and CEO of Campaign Genius. The weather report I look at in the morning is not accurate. What's going to happen in the course of the day isn't exactly what it says in the weather report. It's a statistical generalization. Well, there's an X percent probability of rain. Do I take an umbrella or not? It's kind of based on the probability measure I get from them, right? We now have <laughs> less accurate weather reports for email campaigns. Does that mean we shouldn't look at them and compare them and go, this is a better day for golfing than that day? Doesn't That one doesn't actually make sense to me, right? If, if they're less accurate, but still directionally uh, useful, if the sloppier open rate, thank you MPP, is still comparable between two different campaigns or two different weeks or two different triggers or something like that, I would say, why would you not look at that? My, my, my selfish answer would be, give us a call. We'll give you more accurate open rates because we've done all the work to narrow down Matthew's 42 uh, email clients, but leave that aside. If it's still directionally accurate, it's useful. Second point, um, we'll get to clicks, but if the only feedback right feedback signal we've got about engagement of the message itself is that open signal however inaccurate regardless of what someone does after that with clicks not looking at that even if it's loose even if it's sloppy doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me i mean not all businesses are driving trying to drive clicks publishers Substack writers, like there's a whole host of businesses and companies for whom the value delivered is actually in the message in the inbox. And the only useful indicator they've got about whether or not it got in front of your eyeballs is that cotton pick and pixel or image or logo in the email. Guy Hanson, VP Customer Engagement at Validity. You know, so certainly we've done some research with our customers, you know, where we try to 
quantify um, you know the benefit of BIMI and you know we've definitely seen you know small but measurable open rate and click rate uplifts um, on their programs especially across the domains which are part of BIMI of course you know before implementation and after so there's definitely some kind of benefit um, going on there I think, you know, the other thing I'd say, um, you know, I talked about, you know, the research we produce at the DMA, and one of my favourite um, facts is a question which is asked of email consumers, which is basically, you know, when you receive marketing emails in your inboxes, you know, what's the, you know, what's the top factor that makes it most likely that you're going to open that email? And I think, you know, we're probably naturally conditioned to think, well, it's the subject line, of course, you know, killer subject line automatically drives, you know, email opens. But it was interesting because, you know, the, the responses showed that while subject lines are interesting, even more so than subject line, um, you know, consumers saying it's highly, highly important that I recognize and trust the sender, you know, before I engage um, with that email. So, you know, that's not just about BIMI. I think it's also about factors like using a, you know, a consistent friendly from, um, you know, even consistent language, you know, so that, you know, you're sort of seeing the same brand tone of voice from one email to the next. But, you know, certainly, you know, the use of authorized logos is going to play an important role in terms of driving that, you know, recognition and trust, which consumers are saying, even more than a subject line, is the most important driver of them opening an email. Dimitri Kudrenko, founder at Stripo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, we are joking about this for again years and years, it, it, but it became sad. And I think the responsibility should not be on the people, on the marketer, on the young marketer, because of, uh, people don't, uh, in a school, they don't think if you would ask him whom you want to be, nobody asks him a marketer. They could say doctors or they could be engineers. I don't know, not email marketers. And uh, the career of, uh, it's not very many people stay in email marketing for years and years. So we cannot educate everybody in school, the tools should help here. So you don't need to know a lot about accessibility, but the tool should allow you to create only accessible email. They should say, okay, don't use these colors. It should say, it's a safe font, or you can use your font, but with, I don't know, with this set of fonts in a Google, create your own font, but it's how to use it safe. We can say uh, that uh, aligning by center, uh, it's maybe not a very good idea for some people. We can say that it's, uh, we don't need to say it, we don't need to give an advice. We just need to create templates and by default it should be, because if people use a default setting a lot. So if to create great default designs, so experience uh, of users would be, of recipients would be much better. So I think the way I can change the world here just to create a tool for creating the perfect email without deep knowledge of all the stuff like accessibility. 
Well, that was just a preview of what's coming to emailgeeks.show. Please subscribe to the podcast. Go to emailgeeks.show website, find your favorite app, and press the subscribe button or follow, or search for emailgeeks.show on your favorite podcasting app on your phone. The first episode starring Chad S. White will be released on January 2024. I can't wait. Until then, take care. From me, your host, Sela Yofet.